Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're continuing our journey through the book of Acts, calling it Acts for today, Colin. We've reached chapter 11, verse 19. We saw last week uh, that God waited a long time, it appeared, before Gentiles began to join the church. And uh, you mentioned that it showed his strategy. Um, We're off to Antioch today. Yes, I think it's highly likely that a number of Gentiles had joined the church by the time that Peter went to Cornelius' house. But... Um, as far as we know, the apostles had not deliberately gone out to evangelize amongst Gentiles. That's the um, key crucial thing that happened through that event that we looked at in detail last week when uh, Peter went to the house of Cornelius and the Spirit came upon that group of Gentile people while they were listening to Peter preach. And now what we see in the Acts of the Apostles is that the focus increasingly turns to the Gentile nations in what we call the Middle East, in the Mediterranean basin there. And we begin to see how the nations um, were evangelized very deliberately And we've also seen in recent days um, Paul's conversion, Saul of Tarsus, the persecutor, becoming the persecuted because he was preaching the gospel. And Jesus took him after just releasing him to preach for a brief period, took him away to Arabia where he taught him personally for three years. And so then we shall see the reemergence of Paul the apostle, the one who is really called by God to evangelize the Gentile nations. So recently in the Acts of the Apostles, the focus has been on Peter, Stephen, and those who have operated out of Jerusalem, which was naturally the, the sort of the, the focal center, the apostolic center uh, during these early years of the church's history where the Jewish people, even the Jewish people dispersed among the nations, uh, were being evangelized. But now we shall see the the uh, center of activity moving to Antioch, which really became the apostolic center for the evangelizing of the nations. Now, Jerusalem still uh, remained the kind of the HQ of the church. So Antioch and Jerusalem were not two separate separate competitive uh, centers, but uh, very much working in harmony and in unity together, as we will see in the coming chapters. So Paul regards Antioch as, as the kind of the, the base from which teams of people were sent out to evangelize the Gentiles and Jerusalem remains the, the, the core hub of the church where the, um, the apostles who were there and the elders make really the crucial decisions that will affect the whole of the church, whether Gentile or Jewish. 
but it means that some very interesting issues are now going to open up because, of course, the the Jews came from their very religious and legalistic background. Uh, most of the Gentile believers would have come from the pagan religions, which were very libertine, a lot of sexual promiscuity, um, a, a lot of what we would call occult practices. Um, so the church had to to find a, a sort of a unified life with two completely different groups of people coming from entirely different backgrounds. And of course, that's the genius of the gospel, that it makes everybody one in Jesus Christ. So that's a kind of summary of what we're going to be uh, exploring during the next few chapters of Acts. And we're picking it up in uh, chapter 11 and verse 19, where we read, Meanwhile, those who had dispersed during the persecution that followed Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, proclaiming the gospel wherever they went, but only to Jews. Now, that takes up <clears throat> the point that I've just made, that evangelism was happening um, from Jerusalem as the base, but it was to the dispersed Jews rather than, than the Gentiles. But as I mentioned last week, there would have been Gentiles in the church because uh, in the Jewish synagogues, there were Gentiles who were called God-fearers. They were people that adopted the um, Jewish religion, um, although they were not of Jewish birth. And uh, probably um, Cornelius, you see, was such a person. And, and so um, beforehand, there would have been Gentiles coming into the church, but there was not a deliberate attempt to evangelize the Gentiles and what amounted to um, a real policy of planting churches which would be a mixture of Jewish and Gentile believers. So we read in verse um, 20, however, some from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to witness to Greeks as well, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord anointed them and worked through them so that a great number of people turned to the Lord and became believers. So here is the change in policy. From the seed, if you like, that was sown uh, in Cornelius's household, now we see there is a freedom among the believers, among the Jewish believers, to reach out to the Greeks, the Gentiles, as well as the Jews. When news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. So, you see, still at this point, Jerusalem is the core center. On his arrival there, he saw for himself the evidence of God's grace at work among them. So he rejoiced and encouraged them to remain faithful to the Lord and to serve him with all their hearts. So Barnabas was sent as a kind of emissary from Jerusalem to check it out. Is this real? Is this um, genuine? Are these Greeks really being born again and receiving the Holy Spirit? 
do they have the same life that we have, the life of, of Jesus Christ uh, that was promised to us as believers in him? So Barnabas goes, checks it out, and yes, it's real, it's genuine. God's grace is at work among these Gentiles as well as among the Jews. Now, for us, you know, that's not great news, but it, it's pretty obvious to us. But this was a great revelation, really, to the early church, which was um, the Jewish, um, you know, th almost entirely Jewish. So... Barnabas, it says, had a good reputation and was a man full of the Holy Spirit and with strong faith. Now, let me just pause again because you remember Stephen was selected for the very same reasons, that he was a man of the Holy Spirit and strong faith. And you see the kind of characters that God was raising up and using at this time, uh, the people that were emerging as the real leaders uh, in the progressive expansion of the church, men full of the Holy Spirit and with strong faith. And you know, that is still the case today. Men look for methods of church growth and church expansion, but God always looks for men. He looks for people. He looks for those that he can anoint and use. Um, you know, sometimes you hear people say, well, it's not about men, it's not about individuals, it's about what God is going to do in the whole church. And whereas at one level that's true, the church consists of people, and you can't avoid the fact that God has always in the history of the church and will always in the future use particular personalities who will emerge as leaders in any move of the Spirit. So as you look historically at uh, the various times of revival that there have been in the church's history, uh, you can always associate particular names because those are the people that God raised up at that particular time. So Barnabas was a man full of the Spirit with strong faith that, that God is raising up at this time for this specific ministry. And it says that through his ministry, a great number of people came to know the Lord personally. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus, found Saul, and brought him back to Antioch. Now, you remember Barnabas had introduced Saul to the apostles in Jerusalem when he was first converted. So Barnabas was absolutely um, sure that Saul was appointed by God to be the evangelist, like the apostolic evangelist, to the Gentile nations. Remember, that's what God revealed to Saul when he, um, uh, when he was converted, and that's what God showed Ananias when he went to pray for Saul to be uh, healed of his blindness and to receive the Holy Spirit. So Barnabas, I'm sure, would have been aware of that. And now that they saw the Gentiles beginning to be reached, um, Barnabas goes and finds Saul, and both Barnabas and Saul remained there for a whole year, meeting with the church and teaching God's word to larger number of people. It is at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. And we'll take it up there tomorrow, and we'll begin to see what develops around the Christians in Antioch. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 